Hey folks, welcome into Onto Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I'm Brett Taylor, joined by Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney. Going to talk some Cubs post-Rockies series, uh, pre-stretch run, uh, officially eliminated this weekend from postseason contention. Cubs, they lasted, they lasted until mid-September. It was, I was looking back, I was like, when did I feel like they were unofficially eliminated? Because as you guys will recall and, and listeners will recall, the the way we talked about this season from a competitiveness perspective back in spring training was, well, what the Cubs tried to do is knowing that 2023 and beyond is much more where they're looking, uh, make some moves that, uh, that don't do any harm to that window, but that, you know, maybe give you a 10% chance if every bounce goes your way, if every step forward is incredible, uh, that you could compete, you know, about a 10% shot. And uh, we, I think for me, you know, early May, it's the first week of May, Cubs got swept by the White Sox and the Dodgers in succession to open that month. Uh, it wasn't even a full month into the season because the season started late because of the lockout. And that's when I knew, yep, that 10% ain't happening. Uh, so unofficially eliminated about five months ago, officially eliminated this weekend. Uh, I imagine you guys are crestfallen about not getting to cover a Cubs postseason run this year. Probably we're looking forward to that. <laughs> can I get can I get your thoughts and reactions to the disappointing news? <laughs> Very difficult to handle how this season turned out. I, I mean, I actually agree with you. I think you, you you hit the nail on the head about when we all saw it, right? I mean, I think every, I shouldn't say everybody, a lot of uh, the, the Twitter talk uh, fans that were immediately negative, which is perfectly understandable with, with the, you know, on paper roster, uh, were were like there was never a chance but you know there's always that weird season that happens and it you know six and four start every I think some people were like uh interesting team <laughs> and then and then that was like immediately just dreadful performance after that with uh injuries piling up and just poor play and and you know guys that were supposed to be uh building blocks got off to slow starts and all sorts of bad stuff. So it was, it was, it, it turned into one of those seasons almost immediately, uh, which, you know, uh, I think, I think we were hoping for a, a, a compelling April and May at least. So we didn't have to start writing the big picture. Like, so what about 2023 then <laughs> by like May 1st, but Hey, that that's what this season turned into pretty quickly. And I think that has to be front and center for Jed Hoyer's baseball operations department. Like every time they talk about a player or what they have internally, like remember April, not like a couple good outings in September. And, you know, Brett, maybe if Major League Baseball starts some sort of champion, Champions League soccer in-season tournament, we can start <laughs> talking about the Cubs record since the All-Star break or whatever. But like this team Winning. was out of it. Winning records since the All-Star break. One game okay. over. One game over. And, I mean, basically, their season ended right around the time the Bulls were eliminated from the playoffs. So it's like, you know, what, like, I I think it would be a great bonus if Assad, Wesneski, Killian are in the AAA rotation. And this is not a new idea. We've talked about it before. But, like, if Keegan Thompson is, a bull, is in the bullpen, that's probably a pretty good outcome. And, you know, Marcus Stroman was very gracious to say, Kyle Hendricks should be our opening day starter this year, but I don't think Stroman should be the opening day starter next year either. They should go sign one of those big time starters 
and see kind of just give themselves a chance. And I think Sahadev knows this. David Ross isn't saying we're going to be, you know, the Dodgers next year, but like you can be pr- significantly better than the Reds and Pirates next year and be in the picture for the extra wild card spot. Like that is not asking too much of the Ivy computer system to spit out like a decent team next year. Yeah. I mean, turning that 10% into at least 30 to 40, it just should not be, um, it should not be impossible this off season, even if you discount developments this year as carrying forward, which, um, we can get into some of those things we were talking pre-pod that we don't want to get lost in it because this time of year it becomes very easy to say uh well you know this guy's looking better and looks like a piece for next year and you know da 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 but the middle of this season kind of demonstrated that even those guys even guys that you're like yeah that might be a useful player i mean they can disappear on you for a while if you don't have enough of them and it can make a team um really struggle even if the roster is more talented than this year's roster and so i think yeah i would i would preach caution ahead of the offseason and maybe i'm even saying this to myself that for all the focus that the the impact starting pitcher front of the rotation and the really big bat middle infield short side it's it's funny by the way i feel like we were saying those things back in as early as April, May, this when we were talking about this, that like those were the two looking ahead, because as Sahad have mentioned, we kind of had to start talking about this stuff back in May. Like those we those were two things that we pointed to going back to there. And I remember getting a lot of flack that like, oh, why in the world would the Cubs be trying to get guys like that for this pile of crap? Da, da, da. Well, I think generally speaking, most people have gotten on board with that idea now that those two types of additions would make a lot of sense this offseason for this Cubs team. But I don't want to lose sight of the fact that they're still going to have to do more at the margins and complementary ways and in internal developments, all of these things, if they actually want to compete next year. It's not as if just adding those two pieces alone are going to say, okay, cool, on paper, this is an 85-win team. And we've probably gotten a little away from... um, noting how important some of those next level guys are. I think we're getting a taste of it now because so many of them, the Cubs, the ones the Cubs do have are hurt right now. Um, but you need to be able to cover for that next year. Yeah. And it's interesting. Uh, you talk about pushback from fans and what they want, what they, what they think uh, the Cubs need or how far away or how close they are. Part of, you know, We've talked about Drew Smiley. We've written about Drew Smiley. Whether it makes sense to bring him back, I I think we're we're all generally in the same page that bringing him back is like a you know back end rotation piece can make sense, right? And, and uh, I I think it makes perfect sense. And and if it's not Drew Smiley, I think you need to have a veteran depth piece that is there in addition to what they have now. Uh, and adding that front guy, right? So if you, in theory, if you, we just expect that that front guy's added, right? With Stroman, uh, equivalent talent, maybe better than Stroman, uh, whatever it may be. That's your one, two with Steele at three, right? 
we can't assume that Kyle Hendricks is locked in at, at four or five or wherever his talent level is right now. He's coming off an injury, and when he played, he he just wasn't himself, right? And we can blame that. Maybe the injury was there. Maybe whatever it is. Uh, maybe he's just on the downslope of his career. We, we don't know, right? And, and the Cubs don't really know. So they're not, like, to assume that he's giving them even 120 innings of Kyle Hendricks, average Kyle Hendricks, that could be a risk. That could be a risk, assuming that. Uh, I don't know if you want to just put Keegan Thompson in the rotation right now. Uh, am I missing someone? Is there someone obvious that I'm missing uh, that would be well, in there? But so, the guy, so you're talking sorry, about... The guy sorry, who has yeah. filled that space that, you're, that you haven't mentioned this year is Adrian Sampson. Oh, it, but yes, I don't yes, know. Thank you. But he's, uh, I think, is more in the what you were about to say about like Keegan Thompson and what Patrick said earlier about yeah. where you want those guys to be. Yeah, I mean, I think Keegan Thompson will see what his future role is, but there's no reason to say put him in the rotation for next year. I think as great as Adrian Sampson has been results wise, it's the same thing with him. I mean, he's he's depth and and he shouldn't be guaranteed anything. Uh, if your argument is uh, Adrian Sampson is just as good a depth as Drew Smiley, I'm not sure if I'd argue super hard against that. I think Drew Smiley is better as a longer track record, but also there's plenty of risk there with the injury. My point is always going to be with this is you need someone, you need a ton of veteran depth there along with the kids that providing depth, right? And I don't think you're blocking someone like uh, Hayden Wisniewski is probably the most interesting of that trio of Wisniewski, Killian, and Assad at the moment, right? I, I mean, Wisniewski's start against Colorado was impressive. It was also Colorado. Uh, so it, I want to balance both. I don't want to completely dismiss it, but I don't want to ignore that, right? It was, it, it was impressive. It was a very impressive start. He looks like he's going to have a bright future. I also don't think it, it's... It, I, I'm not sure if there's anything he can do in these final two weeks that can tell me that that's going to convince me that he absolutely has to have a spot. Uh, he can probably do some things where it's like, okay, if you go out and get an ace and you spend the money to really bring in Jacob deGrom or Justin Verlander or maybe even Carlos Rodon, which uh, two of those three I just don't really see happening, um, then maybe, okay, if you spend that kind of money and you don't want to invest heavily uh, on a fifth starter like Smiley or a fourth starter, whatever he may be, then, then I kind of get that. But I, I think uh, I think guaranteeing even Wisniewski a spot is uh, won't – there's, there's two things you have to balance, right? You have to balance like, well, you want to compete, right? And we, we've talked – the Cubs aren't the Dodgers right now. They're not going to be the Dodgers next year in all likelihood, but – uh, you want them to be a competitive team. Does that mean? Does that mean when you're that middling team that could be competitive that you should give Hayden Wisniewski 30 starts, or does that mean you should have the veteran depth to try and compete? And Wisniewski naturally gets 15 starts and probably another, I don't know, dozen appearances out of the bullpen or whatever it ends up being. Uh, I think the latter makes a lot of sense when you're trying to win games and you're trying to reestablish yourself as a competitive destination for uh free agents and 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 really you know wake up a, a team that's been kind of uh sleeping for two years yeah we saw i mean 
good things can happen. I mean, they have to keep an open mind like Justin Steele at this time last year. Every start was asking him, do you want to be in the rotation next year and stuff like that? And he went out and proved it, and good for him. He has locked down a spot for next year. But, you know, the differences between the Drew Smiley's and the Adrian Sampson's, I mean, Drew Smiley's made like roughly $43 million in his career, and Adrian Sampson was DFA twice this year. And so I feel like you kind of pay for what you get sometimes in terms of just the the certainty and how the rest of the industry views the players. And no doubt Sampson has pitched really, really well this year. I think you want him around uh, next year in that swingman type role. I mean, Ross has talked about how much he likes uh, the fact that Sampson kind of – has a little bit of red ass to him to use uh, an old time baseball phrase of how uh, you know annoyed he was when the Cubs have maneuvered him, and that's what you want—a guy who doesn't want to give up the ball. But um, I, I just think at this point, um, I go back to something Sade wrote in New York of like the keepers for next year, it's, or the next competitive Cubs team. There's like three strong locks. And everything else is kind of up for grabs beyond Nico, Steele, and Seiya. And not to get too into the weeds on some of this stuff, but a point I have to make about the rotation specifically. The Cubs now have the benefit that all of these back-end guys that we're talking about, every single one of them, has minor league options remaining. They don't have to be on the big league roster right away to open next season. That is a luxury of which the Cubs should avail themselves, both because it can make sense from a development perspective and also because it will allow them to do whatever they want in free agency. And we talk a lot about how, okay, there's going to be some sensitivity about the longer term deals because of its impact on future seasons. Fine. We can have those discussions when those potential contracts come up. But when it comes to one-year deals... The Chicago Cubs should be able to sign any one-year deal at any time that they ever want to sign because it's never going to be a real pain point. And so in an offseason like this, heading into a season next year where all of that quality depth doesn't have to immediately be there on the big league roster because we know injuries are going to happen. Sign a guy like Smiley. Sign a guy of of that tier or two it doesn't that isn't going to harm anything and worst case scenario those guys don't get hurt and the young guys are ready to go well deal with it flip them out i mean you like make those innings available that is a that's a june problem that's a june problem for next year it isn't a a november and december problem for this offseason so uh i just i want to reiterate that because I think there's going to be this thinking like, well, ah, you can't sign too many back-end guys because then how's Wes Neske going to get innings or how's Keegan Thompson going to get starts, whatever. That's that's not the problem for this offseason. There's just no reason to be worried about that this offseason because that can be sorted out organically by way of injuries early in the year, by minor league options if you have to, by role changes if you have to. Good teams, that's what they do. And, and the Cubs have given themselves the gift of upper level pitching depth that is optionable. And so there's no reason not to take advantage of that. Um, we leave the rotation conversation there for now. I didn't know if you guys wanted to make any other specific points about West. Well, 
I just want to re sorry. I just want to reiterate something you just said about the one year deal or the two year deal because a lot of people are like, well, I don't want the Cubs to be spending money on Drew Smiley. That's going to keep them from signing other players. It's not. It, it can't. If it is, if they use that as an excuse, they're lying to you. Years don't like years has has been the focus of uh, Jed Hoyer's tenure. Like, pay attention to what he says. He may he may be hiding the ball a little bit in the sense of giving you specifics, but he's not lying to you when he talks about what he's looking for. He's looking for value, and that comes in the form of years, not fine, not money. He's not he's not worried about spending money. He's worried about handing out long term deals. A one or two year deal does nothing to them. They 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 will they will spend a lot of money. Uh, and it won't keep that. It's just not realistic for a, a Drew Smiley deal to keep them from doing anything else. It's just not realistic for it to do that because there's no way they're going to get up to that 220, 230, whatever they end up being when they're when they're a real powerhouse again. They're they're not going to get there that quickly that it keeps them from doing anything in 23 or 24. And even if it does, even if it's like, oh no, that they added a year in 2024. It's one year left then, right? And that that's nothing. And it just don't think about that. Like ignore it completely. The money that it's going to take to add that fourth or fifth starter that Drew Smiley or whoever it may be does not matter. It doesn't. That's I just wanted to reiterate it because I think it's so important because people seem to not understand that. No, I think side of you've kind of alluded to this of like it's setting up this offseason where you kind of go big on one pitcher at the front or maybe get two good starters to kind of build this out. And I'd like, I'd be curious to see the Cubs, like if they're this confident in this pitching infrastructure that Tom Rickett says has absolutely delivered, then let's see them roll the dice uh, on something with a little more upside instead of kind of just throwing all this stuff against the wall and see what sticks. Like if you think I'm looking at what Jordan Montgomery's done in the NL central. Like if you think Jamison Tyon can like, be that top of the first round pitcher he was uh coming into professional baseball like then pay for it let's see it on like a one or two year deal or if i mean sean Manaya, i remember coming to this year it was like you know could he get a qualifying offer and i think he's got like a, a five era now but he is a six foot five lefty with a really long track record and someone at indiana state that the cubs had looked at in the chris bryant draft year before he got hurt or, or, or whatever but you there's some, you know, really interesting pitchers out there beyond that first tier, and that's not advocating for the Cubs to go kind of like dumpster diving. But like, if if your game planning system is this sharp and your instructors are that good, and if you're going to uh, you know improve your up the middle defense by giving three hundred million dollars to a shortstop, like go get a, another good pitcher. Like let's see what these guys can do and you can do it in a way that won't hamstring you going forward. Ah, that's a good point. Cause that's an entirely different tier of pitching than we have talked about a lot. And we used to years ago, it's the uh, expensive reclamation types. You know, it's the uh, guys for whom you're going to have to pay a decent chunk of money, more than the Cubs have on these short term reclamation type deals. Uh, but your potential reward is, is that much better. Like the Cubs have, gone after you know guys like an adrian sampson or a drew smiley and they are less expensive less upside and they've been able to coax out of them capable 
big league starters. Well, what happens if you are able to coax out of a guy who's considerably more expensive on a one or two year deal comes with just as much risk, but has a little bit more upside. Um, We have not, we have seen them maybe sitting out that tier uh, in recent years when we've seen uh, quite a ballooning of the price tags on those types, you know, like uh, I think the guys you mentioned are great examples, Mooney, that they may end up getting 10, 15 million on a one-year deal because the potential is there. And the the teams that are really good at this stuff decide, one, we think we're in the best position to get the most out of this guy. And two, even if we don't, we can afford the risk. And so that's often why those guys all end up going to the same six or seven organizations. Uh, and yeah, that's that's a great point. And because And it ties to what we were just saying before. Doing that, does not take the Cubs out of the top of the rotation market. No impact whatsoever. And if you believe that you have proved out your pitching development infrastructure, particularly at the big league level, well, then you should, the, the inefficiency is that you will be better at getting more out of those pitchers than other teams. And so therefore you should be willing to pay more. And uh, boy, that'll be, that's that's a good, good, good call, Mooney. I kind of look forward to digging into, um, that tier of free agency. I was going over the free agent list recently, and there are a lot of pitchers um, in that group this year, and uh, that'll be that'll be fun. I dig that part. You know, I've, we've been we can circle this back to the start of the pod, and maybe that's where we'll wrap it. You know, I've been thinking about this off season for about five months now, so I'm you know not I'm not I'm still not like banging the table for this season to be over, um, but you know, we, we are starting to run thin on, okay, this is the thing to watch for these final two weeks or whatever, especially as half the roster is injured. Um, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to start digging in on these off season topics. And I think I, I suspect our listeners are as well. So that's where we'll leave it. Uh, this is on to Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at the athletic. I'm Brett Taylor. You can get my stuff at Bleacher Nation. That's Patrick Mooney and Sahadev Sharma. Get theirs at the athletic uh each with some great stuff recently by the way uh let me plug them mooney you had a great piece on cubs pitching in the farm system some of the development uh conversations with casey jacobson and uh, i dug that and then uh i think it was just sahadif maybe it was both of you the jan gomes piece today uh, was that both of you or was that sahadif okay great great piece on not only the value that jan gomes provides but like gave me a little even more of a window into okay, I think this is the stuff that the Cubs value in a catcher doing his catching duties, uh, you know, going forward. So that's that's another great read. Check that out. And uh, we'll be back at you later this week with the uh, next episode on the Wavelength. So thanks, everyone. Take care.